Welcome to The Art of Hunting, a podcast that explores the world of wildlife art through the eyes of one of the industry's most talented creators, Ryan Kirby. So whether you're a fellow artist, designer, hunter, or simply someone who appreciates the beauty of the natural world, join us on The Art of Hunting with Ryan Kirby and discover the passion and dedication that drives him. Uh, Cole, welcome to The Art of Hunting podcast, man, and uh, really appreciate you uh, taking the time to be here, bud. No, I appreciate you having me. Uh, um, so first off, we, we've got some really cool stuff that we want to talk about. Um, we were talking beforehand, before we started recording. But um, man, first off, I want you to tell me just a little bit about yourself, where you're located, what you do for a living, all that kind of stuff. So uh, my name is Cole Booth. I am a, I'm a physical therapist. Uh, I live here in Berlin, Pennsylvania. It's a really small town. Um, like I graduated 59 students in high school, uh, public school. And so really small town. It's kind of like it's I would refer to us as like Southwest PA. Um, okay. uh, Pittsburgh's like an hour away, um, hour, 10 minutes. So I just I've grew up here my whole life. I moved away for college, um, stayed in PA. But I went to undergrad, did three years of undergrad, then went straight to grad school, um, did two and a half years of grad school, graduated last December with my doctorate in physical therapy. Um, and then I've just been I've been working ever since February here uh, around Berlin. So uh, still living with my parents, working on trying to get a house and um, stuff like that. So that's just kind of been my life the past years, getting out into the real world and working. So. Yeah. How old are you, man? I am 24. I'm almost 25. Dang, yeah. bro. And you have... <laughs> I feel like a slacker <laughs> talking to yeah. you, man. Like, I, I, uh, I that's like a, that's a lot, dude, for 25. Yeah. I got lucky. Our high school, what do you our mean? High school does a really good job um, of like giving us like uh, a lot of like dual enrollment college courses when you come through high school. And so it uh, just okay. cut, yeah, it cut so much time off my timeline. Like I was, I knew from the get go that I kind of really want to be a physical therapist. And so I just, as soon as I graduated high school, that was like the mindset and it just was, let's get through everything. And like, that's what I want to do. So. Wow. That's awesome, man. So do you, do you work, uh, you have like a private practice or what, what do you have there? So I work for a company, uh, it's called Dreyer physical therapy. Um, it's a, it's a large company. Okay. Um, it's outpatient based. Uh, we're in association with like, there's a lot of benchmark physical therapies, um, and stuff like that. It's just a big company organization. And, uh, I'm sorry if you just heard that my dog, um, he's outside the room and he might beat on the door cause he can hear me in here. So I apologize, but usually my kids are doing the same. So you're good. Yeah. Yeah. He, he can hear me out there and, uh, he's still a pup. So he gets wound up, but, uh, Drea so, physical therapy uh, is, uh, it's a, it's a great, I'm sorry to interrupt. It's just a, it's a great outpatient facility. Um, I am actually, I'm coming around and working on becoming like the clinic director of my clinic right now. Um, I have three girls that I work with, um, on my team and they're, they're great. Um, they're great clinicians. So I've been, I've been lucky and blessed in that aspect too. 
That's cool, man. I know um, I had some buddies in college that were going to be physical therapists, and I remember the undergrad is no joke, man. Like all the chemistry and biology and all that kind of stuff you got to take. It was it was rough, man. Those guys had to study and work hard. Oh yeah, it. I mean, um, it definitely it was challenging. Uh, it's grueling yeah. at some points, but like I had so much fun. We had. We just had good classes. I had good classmates. I had a buddy that I became really good friends with. Um, we hunted Pittsburgh. Like we hunted, it was kind of like urban hunting. So like I got a little taste of that. Yeah. It, we had we had a lot of fun. So how does that happen? Like tell me a little bit about that. Oh, it's it's different. So I I grew up hunting like big woods, and my. I kind of got to talking with this guy and we bonded honestly over the hunting public. And, uh, he was like, man, I've been hunting, I've been hunting Pittsburgh for two years. And I was like, I mean, I'm all for it. And so he kind of, he does a little bit of door knocking. (laughs) Um, he finds as much, as much property as we can find. Um, and we, we dove in and we would, we hunted turkeys, um, with literally like with crossbows, um, and the compounds and, uh, we both use we both hunt deer with compounds, but we uh, we took a crossbow because you obviously like can't shoot one with a shotgun. So we had some cool cool run-ins. <laughs> like you wouldn't think that turkeys are like in that much of like an urban setting and they respond the way they do. But it yeah. was literally just like hunting back home, just with freaking yeah. trash and buildings all around you. It's crazy. Really? Oh yes. So oh, yes. It, it, how how urban are we talking? Are we talking like steel factories or like uh, suburban homes with playground, like swing sets in the background? Uh, we're not talking like down downtown Pittsburgh, but we're talking um, right as you're coming into Pittsburgh, you pass through like Swissvale and Edgewood, and then you, you pass through the tunnels and you see downtown. We were like right on the outside of the tunnels, yeah. but I mean, you had to go through... Um, I mean, we were driving through some sketchy places and, and hunting some, some <laughs> pretty sketchy properties. Um, it, it, it was fun. I mean, it was, it's just a, it's a crazy experience. You can hear all the car noise and stuff. And then all of a sudden you hear a gobble and you're like, oh my gosh, like they're coming. And we had some, <laughs> we, we had some good yeah. experiences. It's funny. Yeah. Well, and <clears throat> some of those, um, I had some a couple experiences with my buddy uh, Joe when we were living. When I was working for the Turkey Federation, we'd be going through Augusta, Georgia, to hunt. And a lot of times, you're getting up early to deer or turkey hunt, and you're going through some of those sketchy places. And the nightlife is still going on at like four or five in the morning from the night before, and that it can get kind of hairy, man. Like oh, yeah. uh, we had people. I remember we were going deer hunting one time, and we had a guy run up to us at a stoplight and want to jump in the back of our truck because he was out at a strip club and there was a shooting and he like wanted us to give him a ride home. So he rode in the back of the truck for like a half an hour and it was cold, dude. <laughs> it was cold. But yeah, there's uh, I can imagine you probably saw some, some shady stuff going on. Oh yeah. I, I mean, just even a, we're around it. I just a quick bet. Like I, uh, first year in PT school, I shot a buck on the ground with him at, at three yards. It was awesome. Well, the way wow. he the way he turned, I actually hit him in the liver 
like he closed off his vitals and right as I released my arrow and I thought I made a good shot and we were tracking him. We bumped him and we were like, okay, we end up in this person's backyard and we're tracking him. All of a sudden, you know, a cop car pulls up and he comes over and he waves us over and he's like, uh, like what's going on? We told him the whole story. You know, we had pro- we had uh, permission over here. We're talking and we're like, yeah, I'm tracking a buck. We think it went through the yard and a- across the road here. And it was that simple, but it's just so weird. Like that wouldn't happen here. And, and you have to talk yeah. to a cop about tracking a buck and ended up finding him. But it, it just <laughs> like that's the stuff you're working with. Yep. I, uh, we, I don't want to get too far into telling stories because we got a really cool turkey story we want to talk about. But when that's fine. Kim and I um, first got married. We were living at, at Lake Norman um, and around Charlotte, and I had left the Turkey Federation. It was my first year out on my own, and we knew we weren't going to live there forever. It was just temporary. She was working downtown Charlotte at uh, Wells Fargo, and we were. I was looking for a place to hunt around you know, close because, you know, I'd go to Illinois and all that kind of stuff, but, um, just a place to hunt real close. And so I started knocking on doors and I, anyway, I found a, a farmer there and he was like one of the last holdout farmer guys who hadn't sold his land to a development. But I was hunting some stuff that was like, it was like a sliver 40 acre field and some timber between an equestrian facility and a bunch of really nice, like, million dollar homes and stuff like that. And, you know, I was obviously bow hunting, but it was really tight. It it was all, uh, timber and ag, but it was sandwiched between developments and stuff. And I shot a doe early one night and, um, it, it took me a long time to find her. I can't remember exactly where I hit her, but I got like one lung and it took me a long time to find her. So like 10 o'clock at night, um, I had, had pulled this doe to a, a little woodlot sort of at the front of the property because um, it was early and I wanted to hunt there. And I was trying to kind of stay incognito with neighbors and stuff. And um, and I didn't want somebody's dog like rolling through the gut pile in the back. So I drug this doe to the front of the property and I'm in a little woodlot and there's some brush around me. And I'm I'm right in the middle of field dressing this doe. And all of a sudden I hear put your hands up and I get lit up by three flashlights. And it, it turns out that one of the neighbors who doesn't own the property has no business talking, had called the cops saying there was somebody trespassing on this neighboring piece of property. So three like Metro Huntersville police come to the scene. And dude, if, if you think about their scenario, I know they thought they walked up on a murder because they don't know anything about deer hunting. They didn't know deer season was going on and they walk into the bushes and light this dude up. And I, I'm like bloody hands and a knife in the bushes, you know, and I, I, I couldn't see, but I know they were all drawn on me. Like I know there were, there were pistols drawn on me the entire time. And they had to have thought like, we just walked up on a dude butchering a, a human in the oh, woods, yeah. you know? Oh yeah. And, and I was like, Hey man, I, I just, I, I shot this doe right here, you know, yada, 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 explain the whole thing. But they didn't even know deer season was going on. So sometimes like, you never know, you might get like a good old boy cop that gets it. He's like, Oh man, let me help you drag this doe out. And then some, you have to explain like, yeah, this is deer season. This is private property. I have, 
the I had to give him the landowner's name, and they called, and I told him later I felt like his 17-year-old son that got like caught drinking or something, you know. Yeah. Like, the cops are like, hey, do you know this guy that's out here? But, um, yeah, you, you get some kind of crazy scenarios in the, the metro places. Oh, for sure. They're good experiences. So, well, t- tell me um, how – so you grew up in a small town. Did you hunt with your family a lot? Did you grow up with it, or how did that work? Oh, I mean, f- kind of from the start, um, I was – my dad got me into hunting young, very young. Um mm-hmm. They have video and pictures of me going with my dad. And we have, for like rifle season, we have like shanties, like box blinds kind of that um, we sit in. And they have videos and pictures of me. Like my dad had a little old mattress in there. And like I would go along and literally like lay down and sleep. And my dad would wake me up when deer came out. And like if he was going to shoot one or something like that. And then I'd just, I'd be there. Um so I got into it really young and my whole family, um, a lot of our, our free time is spent, um, hunting together, like uncles, aunts, um, we all spend time in the woods. So they've all had a huge, um, a huge part of me growing up in the hunting world. And it's just, I think a hunting's a really big, uh, it's just a really big sport around my area, honestly, uh, especially rifle season. Rifle season's one that brings a lot of people out, um, but I have I have hunted my whole life and probably more recently now that when I got into college, I've taken it even further. I've hunted a lot more. Yeah. Do, do you uh, do you go? So you said uh, where you went to college was a, a long ways away. Did you go home a lot or did you just hunt the suburbs yeah, so like you were talking about? It stayed. I stayed. Um, I went to Pittsburgh for grad school, but right. um like right bottom west corner of Pennsylvania is about almost an hour and 45, two hours away is where I went to, um, undergrad. Okay. Uh, it's also a small town. Like I went to a small school, um, just being from a small school. That's what I was comfortable with. Um, ended up, I was, I played, I played football, um, and ended up, we had a reverend for our football team and like him and I got close and he let me hunt his ground. So, I still hunted through undergrad, um, a lot more spring turkey than I did um, archery hunting just because of games being yeah. on Saturday and stuff. Um, but I would, like my senior year, I had two days of class um, in the fall. So the I was hunting three days a week in the morning um, <laughs> at my at my reverend's property. So I just, I continued to hunt through undergrad, through grad school. And especially like the last three years, um, it has been traveling, hunting, um, just doing as much as I can when I can. Yeah. So do you play football at Pitt too? No, no. So I, I played at a small, I played at a small university. It was, uh, it was division three football. It was just Waynesburg. It's called Waynesburg university. Um, played there for three years, just got a little bit more, uh, just had a little bit more fun. You know, got to meet some good guys, travel a little bit, play a little bit more football yeah. um, while I was doing school. Yeah. And so it was fun. I was going to say, dude, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was um, fun. So 
So we, uh, the, the way I found out about you, I want to hear your kind of side of the story, but you know, we sell those, uh, personalized turkey prints where you can get your name and information on them and stuff. And we, we print those in house. Madison prints them. And I always read everybody's story and sign it and everything and write them a little note. And when I read your story, I was like, we got to have this dude on the podcast. Like before I even signed, I was like, Madison, I don't know who this guy is, but like, we need to get him on the podcast because you've got a killer, killer story. And I don't want to ruin any of it. So I'll kind of let you just talk for a while and tell me how this came about. Okay. Um, so I guess um, I guess how it really started was, do you want like the backstory into the story? Like, do you want me to go way back? How short do you want it to be? How long do you want it to be? We got 45 minutes, bro. <laughs> all right, all right. So, I don't have to be anywhere. My little girl has a, a dance recital at school that I have to go to, but I'm I'm always good to hear a good turkey story, and this has got to be a good one. So um, my my grandpa, um, my grandma and grandpa in 2000 were in a pretty bad car accident. Um, my grandpa, he suffered a, a traumatic brain injury. Um, he was pretty functional. He just wasn't the same. So I didn't really know my pap um, before the accident. So I, I never really got to hunt with my pap. He loved it from what I've read in journals and different stuff like that. He was an avid outdoorsman, but I just, I never really got to hunt with him. I just got to see stories and uh, watch videos, old like home videos and stuff. Um, so 2000 rolled around the end of 2000 COVID hit my pap. He had been in one of the nursing homes here in Berlin for about a year or two. And, uh, he got COVID and he, he just couldn't beat it. He passed away there in December of 2020. And, uh, my dad and I, we consume a lot of hunting content and, uh, I'm pretty sure it was Dave Owens, one of his buddies. I think he had mentioned it, like uh, that they had taken the ashes from one of his family members and put them into a shotgun shell. And my dad started talking to my uncles and and stuff. And one of my uncle's buddies, he um, he took we my uncle came up and we went over and we took some of my pap's ashes um, and he took them to this guy and he loaded us TSS shells. Um, and he actually put the ashes into the shot, not not like with the powder, but into the shot so that when we would shoot at a turkey, we would spread his ashes. Um, oh, wow. So it, we loaded him with nice like TSS shot. We, we did the whole thing. Um, I got two shot. I got two shells. I think my dad and both of his brothers got three. My dad's older brother. His wife hunts a lot, and she got uh, two, I believe, and then my younger cousin, he got a couple. Um, so going into the 21 uh, season, we all had these shells with my pap's ashes in. And uh, I I started down in uh, Virginia. My fiance is from Northern Virginia, and so I've been lucky enough to go down there and hunt. And uh, I think it was opening morning. I took her dad, and he's never killed a turkey before. We had a great morning, ran into some birds, and then we started moving to the other side of the property, and one was on us quick. And I was like, okay, and I sat him down, and bird starts working in, and he gets hung up. And I was by himself, and so I was like, okay, it's now. And her dad was just basically like, just shoot him, and I dropped him, get up to him, pap's ashes, just spread him in Virginia. I was so emotional, started crying. 
but it was a, it ended up being a jake i just got so excited i was like oh my gosh and i was still just <laughs> still real emotional um same day my cousin uh in maryland he killed a a beautiful long beard i mean this thing had just a beautiful paintbrush um so i'm down to one shell with my paps ashes i got to spread them in virginia my cousin just spread them in maryland it was just it was a great start to our season and the very next day ended up killing a really really nice long beard again in virginia but i didn't use my paps other shell because mm-hmm. i wanted to use it in pa i was like i, I have to save this for pennsylvania so I ended up killing a bird the next day. And then I think my dad's younger brother, he killed in Maryland. Um, and then we start into our Pennsylvania season. And uh, I'm, I'm in school at the time. So I'm only getting home on the weekends to hunt. And uh, my dad, he always takes a bunch of time. He killed a bird early in PA um, with my pap's ashes. He, you know, he's very emotional. It's just, it's a great great time and may 15th rolls around and i had roosted some birds and i'm pretty stubborn um we have a about a hundred acres that we're allowed to hunt my whole family's hunted my whole life well every year constantly these birds they roost up at the top of this property and when they pitch off a tree they hit the they hit the bank and they just basically they go up the hill and we can't hunt the top of the hill um so every once in a while they come down it's you you're playing a fine game and you can only get so high well my dad's like i'm going there and i was like well i roosted these birds on another property that i can hunt i'm going there and my dad of course he he calls me early he i mean he's like i just i just smacked one and this is his second pa bird that's um all you're allowed and he's like but you need to get down here birds are still gobbling and i was like okay so i packed up my stuff because i had no luck and i drove and it's literally like 10 minutes away so i get down there my dad and i immediately start just chasing after these other birds with no luck um so my dad and i we start taking pictures of with his bird um we're having a good time just celebrating i'm hearing his story um i'm pretty disappointed at this point because i feel like every time that i don't go with my dad he kills something every time i go he's like (laughs) we just i can't get him a bird um yeah so we're talking, we're, we're really excited. And my dad's like, okay, I'm actually going to go home. I'm going to take this bird home. I'm going to get him cleaned up. You do what you want to do. Well, one of our uh, family members, my dad's cousin, he allows us in turkey season to hunt some of his property. And so my dad drives out and he goes home and I go the other way to kind of just check this property. I'm going to get out and call a couple of times, um, make my way around, just, just call. As I'm coming around the curve, you can see the back part of one of these fields, and I can see a long beard standing out in the field. And I was like, okay, I'm in the game. And I literally drive my car down to where we park, and I get out, and I creep up through the woods. I sit down. I'm like, there's just no way this is going to work. Like, that bird at this point is probably only 100 yards, but I can't see him. He's out in the field, and I can't get any closer. Yeah. And I sit down. And a bird starts gobbling in front of me. And I was like, okay, maybe he had already swung down into the woods. And he's he's answered me. So I battle with this bird a little bit. And then he shuts up. And I'm just sitting there. And I look to my left where the other bird that I had seen in the field probably should have been coming from. And there he, he was standing there. And I'm facing directly 
straight. I'm, I'm completely the wrong way. And, uh, I look over and I'm like, okay, I don't think he sees me. I just, I just sat still and he started just to swing right in front of me. It was perfect. I mean, like I didn't really have to move a whole lot. I just slowly shifted the gun and I ended up, I ended up shooting him with my pap's ashes. Um, call my dad. My dad says the same thing. Of course. He's like, of course I didn't go with you. He said I was going home. So my dad comes back down and we sit and, uh, we have a tradition of smoking cigars when we, we kill a turkey. So we sat and yeah. smoked some cigars, talked about my pap, um, hung the bird. My dad is the one who took that picture of me that my fiance sent to have on the poster. Gotcha. Um, but honestly, the 2021 season was one of our better seasons between my dad, uncles, my aunt, and my cousin. We shot nine different long beards with his ashes um, and 10 in total. And we have, we've never really had a year like that. My uncles, my dad's older brother's uh, turkey was, I mean, it was a hammer. The spurs were unbelievable. Um, The head was unbelievable. Um, My aunt, she, I think she killed a solo bird that year. She was pumped up. Like I said, my younger cousin's bird was huge. Um, I think like my uncle, he sent us a picture. It was a vitamin water bottle. And the beard was laying beside it. And it was every bit as big, if not longer, than the vitamin Dude. water bottle. I'm telling you, it's it was impressive. Yeah. He ended up, I believe, and I could be wrong, my uncle's slowly getting into turkey taxidermy. Um, and he tried, I think that's the bird he attempted to do for his first bird for my cousin. And it turned out pretty good. Um, yeah. It's a really big bird. Um, so we were blessed. Um pretty emotional season honestly uh my dad yeah. tagged out he we, he got emotional on both birds um i think i ended up missing another pa bird later in the season but still was a phenomenal year my uncle travis who's my dad's younger brother had a great year uncle sean they him and my aunt only get one tag in pa and they both tagged yeah. out so it just was it was phenomenal um and when my fiance that's awesome dude when my fiance asked me, um, when I found out about your artwork um, through the hunting public and, and listened to your podcast on there, and I was like, I got to check this out. And I checked it out and I was just looking through some of your stuff. And I was like, I have like, this is something that I have to have. Like, I love this stuff. And when she asked me what I wanted for Christmas and my birthday, I was like, I just sent her a bunch of stuff from your website. I was like, any of these, any. <laughs> and and she yeah. came up to me the one day and she said, well, I'm going to get you the the turkey poster, the Eastern turkey poster. Um, like, what mm-hmm. picture would you like to, to use? And immediately, like it was, I didn't even have to think about it. I was like, I know exactly what picture. Because that one is like one of the better yeah. pictures I have. And it was just the most meaningful and she's heard the story probably countless times, probably enough to to make her ears bleed. But um, so <laughs> she ended up doing that for me. And I'm on the way home from work. I th- I think it was last Thursday. And she calls me and she goes, you're, yeah. you're not you're not going to believe this. And I was like, what? I was kind of worried. She, she was like, you're just not going to believe this. And she was like, uh, Ryan Kirby would like to do a podcast with you. I was like freaking out. I was like, what? I was actually, I was like in the car. I was speechless. I didn't know what to say. She was like, are you good? And I was like, yeah, I'm awesome. I mean, like I was, it's truly an honor and I really appreciate it. That's cool, man. 
Well, I mean, I'm not exactly Joe Rogan by any means, but, uh, you know, we, 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 uh, one thing that we're trying to do is, is get more guests and hear more stories like this. And, and when I, I was telling you earlier, when, when Madison gave me that turkey to sign, I was like, holy crap, we got to get this guy on. So, but man, what a, what a cool way for your, for your grandpa, like to be spread. I mean, dude, I can't imagine being spread up and down the East coast in the Turkey woods. That's the way to go, man. Yeah. And that's, that's amazing. From what I've, I mean, literally, like, I've read his hunting journal. I've read everything. And my grandma, mm-hmm. obviously, we asked my grandma, we said, hey, would this be something you would allow us to do? And she was like, I mean, she didn't even hesitate. She was like, no doubt. Um, like, that yeah. is what he would want. Um, and so it was just, it was awesome to be able to do that. Um, I think a couple mm-hmm. of them still have shells left. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, my uncle... My older uncle, maybe my aunt, possibly even my younger one, they all have shells left. Um, so there's still potential for him to be spread in other places. But like he was spread at a place that we grew up hunting. He um, brought my dad and uncles to to hunt like that. Yeah. He was spread there. Um, he was spread up and down the mountain where we where we've hunted. He you know, like he, I said, he was spread in Maryland and probably multiple places and then in Virginia. Um Places that he never got to hunt, but still just awesome. Just being able to to do yeah. that with him, um, and I think it just makes it. I don't know. You just cherish it so much more. Not that you don't cherish yeah. a regular hunt, but it just was. It was so meaningful. Yeah, yeah. He was spread at twelve hundred feet per second too, man. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at a turkey. So how did they? I'm, I'm assuming they just loaded it in his, the ashes inside the wad, like a buffer between the pellets. I, that- I'm, I'm pretty sure. So, um, I don't know the fine yeah. details of that, but I was, I was just told that we have them in the shot. And so when the shot comes out, like we didn't want it to burn inside the barrel. We wanted yep. it to, to actually be spread. Um, yeah. So, I mean, super grateful for, uh, the gentleman who ended up doing it for us. Uh, I'm not hundred percent sure how he did it, mm-hmm. but, um, man, do they put down a bird pretty quick though? Um, at TSS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, man. So, uh, you know, you, you hear stories about Pennsylvania just being crowded with hunters and they're, and th- honestly, you know, um, the, uh, the Turkey fed was started by, well, Rob Keck was the CEO when I, when I first got hired on there and he was from Pennsylvania, but like, if you ask me like the states with the the richest old school turkey history it's probably pennsylvania and missouri and those are like the two that just you produces a ton of uh championship turkey callers a ton of like old school og guys in the turkey woods like did you realize that growing up did you know that i'm kind of in the the birthplace of mountain turkey hunting or did you just kind of not honestly yeah, not 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 really um i think it just it was so normal like to go to yeah. school and hear i mean half your class talk about like their hunting stories and you you'd share hunting stories with so many different people like that just felt felt normal to me um yeah we don't we didn't hunt a whole lot of public land when I grew up. So I wasn't like exposed to that either. It was like, we had this private ground that we would, we would just go to. And so 
I guess I didn't notice how many other people were hunting. And then I started getting older and you start to realize and you hunt a little bit more on public land and you start hunting out of state and you start consuming more hunting content and podcasts and you hear everybody start talking about how like crowded Pennsylvania is and how many hunters we have. And you're like, wow, I, I, I guess it starts to really put it into perspective. Um, but yeah, growing up, I didn't, I didn't really notice. Um, it just was kind of, it was a thing. You got to hear a bunch of turkey stories. You got to hear a bunch of deer stories. It was just, it was something a lot of people talked about. I always just thought that was cool. I was like, this is awesome. Like, this is, this is where I love to be. Yeah. Did you guys hunt together like in groups, like parties and stuff or were you all kind of doing your own thing? My first long beard, um, my first long beard, both my dad and my two uncles were with me. They hunted with me because I'm the oh, oldest. Wow. I'm the oldest grandchild on my dad's side. Um, okay. And so they took me first, like for youth seasons and stuff. And they were there for my first bird, um, which was a Jake. Then they were there for my uh, first long beard. Um, I would hunt like my dad would be doing something with my sister. And like one or two of my uncles would take me hunting. So like I have okay. hunted with so many members of my family just all over the state i my mom's brother i hunted with him where i went to undergrad in the turkey season um so it's just been super lucky that we get to experience a lot of these things and i get to experience it with a lot of different people within my family and so um like rifle season our tradition is we all go down we all have our stands and we're all on the same property together um so that's just that's just something we we do do together. It's a family thing. Yeah, you think you'll ever go back and hunt Pittsburgh just for old times' sake? I I hunt it every year. Every year I was there this fall. Do you really? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I make that. it. A, I make it a point. My buddy still lives in Pittsburgh. We make it a point to yeah. kind of like uh, split our time. Uh, he he'll come here sometimes. I like to go there every year at least because their season, the way Pennsylvania works, it opens about two weeks ahead of ours. Um, And so basically I go and hunt with him when it opens up there in Pittsburgh. And I like to, I video my hunts. So I like to, I like to go and video him and hang out with him and he'll come down here every once in a while. But yeah, we, we flop back and forth. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you think you'll you'll be where you're at for a while? I mean, are you guys looking to settle down there? Are you gonna what what's next um, for you guys? And you said you have a fiance, right? Yes. Yeah. So I I, yeah. I asked her to marry me in September. Um we've been together for five yeah. and a half years. Um and like I said, she lived in Northern Virginia. Um she ended up getting a job up here yeah. too. So she moved up here. Oh, cool. Um I do think that we'll probably end up here for the time being. Um Travel down yeah. to Virginia and still hunt. Um, travel to, like, we hunted Ohio. My uncle lives in Maryland, so we'll probably do a little bit of that. But I'll probably settle here in Pennsylvania for now. Yeah. Cool, man. Are you a Steelers fan? Yeah. 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 All, basically, yeah. all all of Pittsburgh, um, except for collegiate-wise, I, I do. I'm a West Virginia Mountaineer fan, so that's where I, I flip the okay. terms. But yeah, we're I am definitely a Steeler fan and right now it's not not going too well. No, no. Well that's cool though, man. Maybe you could find a place to hunt like outside the stadium. So you could, you know, take off your camo and get your terrible towel and just go into the stadium like that close. 
I'll tell you what, there's nothing like my buddy, and he, I know he's going to listen to this and he's going to laugh. Um, he has a Mazda, and we load the deer up into the Mazda with a tarp. Yeah. It's awesome. This yeah. little Mazda car. And like when you, to take it to the processor that he takes his deer to, you drive right out of the tunnel and all of a sudden you're looking at the city. You're look, you can see all the stadiums you're driving by with a deer in the back. Like it's so, it's such a weird feeling <laughs> in the, like in your gut. You're just like, this is, this is so interesting. Like I am staring at like places that I used to come visit all the time and I got a deer in the back doing what I love. Like it just, it's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, that is kind of surreal, man. I bet. We had, uh, there was a couple guys when I was back home at my parents' place. Um, my mom and dad were at my cousin's wedding, so I was at the house by myself. And um, I see like, a, uh, it, was, it, it was like a little hatchback um, crossover SUV type thing coming up our lane and i didn't recognize it so i'm sitting there waiting and this guy comes out introduces himself and he's like yeah man i'm so and so this is my two sons and one son was like mid-30s the other one was like late 20s and uh he's like yeah i was uh, you know we called for permission to come back here and get your deer are you scott i was like no that's my uncle though he's like oh well scott gave us permission to go get our deer i hope you don't mind they're coming off my fair my parents farm i was like yeah man i mean you got to get your deer you know we're not going to be that neighbor um but it it's it's he was in the front seat his first son was driving the back son was in the the passenger seat and i was like that's cool but like where's your deer and he's like and i look in the car and the guy's like it's right here and so he had he had the deer loaded up in the back with the head in the the second row passenger seat and he was just like leaning just like chilling on his deer the whole time and they had it covered up with crossbows and stuff and they were about to drive like two hours back and i was like dude that's a nasty ride <laughs> with a, oh, yeah. a gutted wounded deer that had died in a creek and uh mm. i was like well good luck with that man congrats on yeah. your deer <laughs> yeah it's i i've done that a couple times now that the little car they you know people I have a little Ford Focus and people look at it and they, they definitely misjudge what you can yeah. fit in those things. You start throwing deer in the back. <laughs> I mean, it's, How, <laughs> it's pretty you, awesome. You pull up like a, a little clown car and just start unloading deer at the processor, I bet. Yep. It, it's a funny <laughs> sight to see. It's funny. That's cool. So, um, what, what, what do you like specialize in with physical therapy? Is it rehab? Is it injuries? Is it sports injuries? So so we do a lot of, so I'm just general outpatient. Um, I don't have any specializations Mm -hmm. yet. Um, so I can see basically anything from a pediatric. So, uh, I've seen everything from like four years of age, um, anything post-operative, like a rotator cuff surgery, your ACLs, your knees, okay. uh, total knee replacements. See everything from that. Um, you see some like neurological cases, so Parkinson's and balance. So you you get the wide realm. Um, that's really what yeah. I've always wanted to do is I kind of wanted to help just the general population because I like working with every age and any anybody and all di- different kinds of things. So you your day is very... Yeah. Um, it's full variety and I, I like that. Yeah. That's cool. Is your schedule pretty flexible? Like if you want to hunt? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I have, um, I work 
a longer day. Like my, my Monday is a long mm-hmm. shift. Um, and then like my Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are like your normal eight hour shift. But then like today I, I go in and I work a five hour shift and we, we okay. flip flop the girls and I flip flop. So like the, today I had the morning off. So like if I wasn't on the podcast, yeah. I would have, I probably would have went and hunted um, this morning and like you yeah. have time to do that. And then like, it, yeah. it, same thing reverse. Basically, if I work the morning shift, I just drive right home and I hunt. Um, and they definitely, they give a, uh, a good amount of like PTO and stuff. I've taken, I took a week off and hunted the whole week, uh, in November with my dad, just a week straight of just hunting with my dad, spending time in our hunting cabin. Um, and, uh, I took another two days for rifle season here. Like rifle season's a holiday. They give us off of school. Um, like yeah. when you come through high school, you have the Monday <laughs> and Tuesday of rifle season off. So I took yep. that off this year just to spend it at hunting camp with the guys and, and stuff like that. So I do get a lot more hunting now that I have the time to take it. Um, yeah, but still pretty much a weekend warrior, uh, just hunting on yep. the weekends and traveling, doing what I can. Yep. That's cool. Are you going to travel for turkey season at all this year? Yeah, so definitely Virginia. Virginia and PA are um, two definites. We went to Ohio last year. That's a possibility. Um, And I think my dad and I would like to get back into hunting Maryland with my uncle. Um, So Mm -hmm. probably three states, maybe four. Yeah. Cool, man. Yep, I'm excited. Well, dude, I I really appreciate you being on. I appreciate your story, and and, uh, that's cool. Thanks. Thanks for sharing with us. No, I, I really appreciate you for having so, me. Um, I appreciate your artwork. Heck, I didn't even know you signed them. Then I started at, yeah. like Marley told me this and I was like, this is this is unbelievable. So thank you very much. Um, it's definitely been a pleasure getting to tell it. Um, I love telling the story. So, yeah, yeah. Good, man. Well, thank you so much. And dude, best of luck this year. You, you still have one shell left, right? I don't have with any, ashes. I think you my don't. I think my uncle and I think at least two of my uncles, maybe even my aunt, they all still have one left. I was just talking to them. I think my dad has used all three of his. Um, we could have more made. I mean, if we wanted to, we could have yeah. more made. Um, and maybe it'll be a thing we do here in the in the future. Um, but as of now, I'm just I'm just running around with some old Longbeard XR. So that's that's what I got. <laughs> you have Shotlock instead of Ashes. Yeah, but. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know, um, I don't know how many, how many, how much ashes it produces. You know, like I don't know if that's like ten shells or a hundred, but um, I wonder, I, I wonder if that'll be a thing now that that you know, Penhody did it, you've done it, some more people start doing it. That could be cool. Yeah, it's 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 definitely cool. I mean, like, I mean, it, that, there's a lot of ashes. Like we literally took uh, almost like an old medicine bottle, like a a, a vial. And we just kind of, we just scooped some in there and he, that's what he used. So, I mean, if at a later date, we, we very well could do it again. Um, possibly like down the road, maybe if I have children or my cousin has children and we kind of want to share that with them, we might very well do that again. So. Yeah. I I was going to ask you too, before we go, like what, what did, um, what was his hunting journal? Like, I thought that was interesting. Like, did he record, did he talk about every hunt? Uh, so at the beginning, it was almost like it was. It, there was a lot of like individual hunts. It was really cool. They did a lot of small game, a lot more than I do. Um, so they were hunting a yeah. lot of like squirrels and, and doves. 
Um, and he was traditional. He, he used like a, a longbow recurve. And so he didn't have much success in the deer woods at first, but then he would do like yeah. later into the journal. He did a lot of like recaps of just like a year. He'd be like, um, so-and-so shot a buck. So-and-so did this. Um, and he just was kind of keeping track of what we had harvested. And it was really cool. Um, we actually have it. It's yeah. down at my family's cabin. And so like anybody who comes can just pick it up and kind of read it. Yeah. That's interesting, man. Cause you don't think, I don't know, like we've got, you'll, you'll get to this point, but we've got like a seven and four year old and we're just, we're just busy, man, all the time. And you just don't think about ever doing something like that for your grandkids or your, you know, you just, you're yep. so busy living life. You don't ever think about maybe I should write some of this stuff down or save this so my grandkids can know about it. But it's, it's super cool that he did that. Oh, it's, it's, it's a really neat journal. Um, my grandma, when I was young, got me one for a while. I kind of did it. You, you can look back and see some of my like old handwriting and it's, it's pretty funny. And then mm -hmm. probably like 2020 ish around that time, I really started picking up and recording like a successful hunt. Um, and I've been trying to stick with that just because I've read his journal. I think my, uh, yeah. dad's older brother, he keeps one too. Um, so it's just mm -hmm. that that thing that you can pass along and maybe someday somebody will read it. Like, I don't know if my pap ever thought somebody would read it, but most of my family has now read it. So. Yeah. That's amazing, man. That's a special, special deal. It is. Yeah. So. We, we, we just, we love the outdoors and if we can carry on his tradition and the things that he liked to do in some sort of way and pay him some sort of respect, um, it just, it makes it even more meaningful when you have success. So. Yep. Well, good for you, man. Those are the kind of traditions that we need more of. And, uh, I don't know. We need, we need, uh, people like you and your family. I feel like in the outdoors now more than anything. So good for you guys. Hey, well, I, I really appreciate it. So yeah, man. Well, Cole, I appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for sharing and good yeah, luck no this problem. season. Hey, thank you very much. It was very nice to meet you. You too, bud.